Chapter Twenty Seven of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Follis. Chapter Twenty Seven The Home of the Barns. Peggy stood in the shabby little room, miserable, ashamed, yet angry and defiant. It was now past ten in the morning, and Barnes had gone to his work. The breakfast things had not yet been cleared away, and the room looked even worse than usual. When she saw her father and mother, she instinctively rushed to the door to let them in. But when they stood within the room, and she realized the sordid squalor of her surroundings, a flush of angry shame swept over her. For a moment the tears rushed to her eyes, and a sob caught in her throat, but she quickly mastered herself. She remembered what she had said to her father the day before she left her home. She caught herself thinking of their last interview, when they had come to the rooms to which Barnes had first brought her. Her old pride surged back in her. Her old sense of defiance dominated her. Poor as she was, miserable as she might be, squalid as were her surroundings, she would not let her father see any weakness in her she would hold by the bargain she had made. She would not admit that she had made a mistake. Barnes had not told her where he had been on the previous night. When he had returned, very late, he had not spoken to her, and that morning he had been sullen and out of temper. He had given dark hints as to what would happen if something did not turn up, but he made no direct statement as to what had taken place. She was, therefore, ignorant as to how her father and mother had learnt her whereabouts, and knew nothing of Barnes's visit. "'I could not help coming to you, my little girl,' said the general. "'You are in trouble, aren't you?' She did not reply, but looked at him silently, defiantly. "'Now tell us all about it,' went on her father. "'Let us hear about your difficulties.' what difficulties the difficulties he the man you married told me about last night told you last night what do you mean didn't you know he came to hampstead there was a quick flash in the girl's eyes instinctively she understood what had taken place that barnes had been to her father to appeal for help and she felt more humiliated than ever my darling i'm so sorry tell us all about it cried mrs trelawney there's nothing to tell replied the girl i'm not complaining but but pleaded mrs trelawney surely peg my darling you'll tell your old mother i'm sorry he went to you said the girl doggedly i knew nothing about it he had no right to bother you but my dear we can't know of your trouble and not come to you i don't see why not i took my own course i forfeited all claims upon you when i left home i must bear my own burden the girl's spirit was unbroken a proud look still flashed from her eyes she might suffer but she would suffer in silence as far as they were concerned never would she willingly admit that she had made a mistake but he told us that you were in debt almost starving he told you that did he 
that's why we came said the general you are still our little kitty peggy again the tears rushed into her eyes the touch of tenderness well-nigh broke her down but again she steeled herself and became defiant i ask for no pity she said won't you come back with us and spend the day at home pleaded her mother we will bring you back here in time for your your husband's dinner you'll not let him come home then the question flashed from her with the suddenness of a pistol shot they were both silent they had made up their minds on this question i see he's not good enough for you i may come home but not he still they remained silent but they stood looking at her and she could not help seeing the love that shone from their eyes the girl understood she saw what was in her father's mind as plainly as if he had spoken she knew that he regarded barnes as a vulgar outsider a man with whom he would not willingly associate one who was low-bred and contemptible and she knew they were right but she would not give in something within her rose in defiance of her father's feeling she saw barnes almost as they saw him but something she could not tell what made her loyal to him she would tell them nothing of his brutality of his meanness of the things he had said to her if he is not good enough to come to your house i am not good enough for a moment the general was nonplussed he could not help admiring her loyalty to the man whose unworthiness he was sure she realized he was a man of quick understanding and he knew the kind of things he would say to her knew of the reproaches with which he would taunt her but she would not admit them to him but peggy my darling we want to help you cried the mother i don't want your help but he told your father that you would be thrown into the streets if something was not done then i'll be thrown into the streets but we want you peggy and there was a tremor in general trelawney's voice do you know trev's home and and he's engaged the girl became interested in a moment trev home engaged to whom to the sweetest girl i ever met cried the general he met her in ireland her name's mary penryn she and her people were at our house last night we all fell in love with her right away and trev is such a changed fellow you never saw such a difference in a boy the penryns are a cornish family they have a place it is little more than a farm just outside falmouth and they're awfully nice people and she what's she like is she good-looking perhaps some might not call her so replied her father but she's such a sweet unselfish good girl the words made her realize where she was, what she had done, and again the look of defiance came back. She wanted to see Trev's fiancé more than words could say, for blood was thicker than water, and in her own way she had always been fond of Trev, but her father's words were a reproach. Sweet, unselfish, good, she sneered. I suppose she's one of the pious sort. Yes replied the general quietly she is she says nothing about it but she is 
if trev had searched the world over he could not have found any one who would have pleased me more the girl did not speak a word but looked out of the window on the dirty dismal street with unseeing eyes if you'll come home said the mother i'm sure trev will go and bring her to meet you he doesn't need any excuse to be with her i can tell you and she laughed as she spoke no replied peg i don't want to see her of course you've told her all about me and i don't want to be introduced to my new sister as the bad girl of the family for that matter i'm not the bad girl of the family i've only done what i felt it my right to do have you seen eleanor lately no replied mrs trelawney with a sigh we have not is there any use your waiting here longer asked peggy after an awkward silence this kind of thing doesn't make me any happier and i don't suppose it's very pleasant for you i'm not penitent a bit i'm just the same as ever i was i'm not going home to be pitied by the servants and and patronized besides i have my duty to my husband she said this as a kind of afterthought and she flung the words at her father almost insolently very well peg said the general then there's no more to be said except this we want to help you if we can i refuse your help i won't accept anything if you won't recognize jim i don't want your help do you think i can recognize him asked the general quietly would you peg like me to have him in my house and introduce him as the husband you have chosen perhaps there was something more in her father's tones than in his words that helped the girl to see what his feelings were and although she wanted to answer in the affirmative she could not something kept back the words yet we want to help you my little girl went on the general tenderly and i don't want to be helped then we may as well go alice good morning my dear please remember that your parents house is always open to you in spite of himself he could not help the emphasis which almost unconsciously he laid on the last word peggy watched them go saw them get into the motor-car which stood near the door and drive away then she stood for a long time motionless her mind far away she was thinking about a thousand things she could not put into words presently she realized that there was a packet on the table and almost listlessly she looked at it it was a long envelope and in her father's handwriting she saw the words for peggy eagerly she opened it at that moment she forgot all her pride and her stubbornness forgot too that sense of defiance which she was glad she had maintained the envelope contained the letter from the landlord of the house telling them that if the rent was not paid they would be forthwith ejected it also contained the bills which barnes had shown her the night before these barnes had left at the general's house she saw at a glance that the bills were receipted and that the account for the rent was settled then she caught sight of another envelope on which was written the words with dad's and mother's love it contained several pound notes 
in spite of herself her lips quivered and again her eyes became flooded with tears she stood for some time holding the notes in her hand as if undecided what to do with them pride defiance tenderness hunger were all expressed in her eyes her father had helped her in spite of herself the rent was paid the bills were settled and he had left her money she saw the meaning of it her father still loved her and although in helping her he was obliged to help barnes he would help him as little as possible he would not recognize their marriage but his heart went out to her then the floodgates of her misery were opened and throwing herself upon the shabby greasy lodging-house chair she burst into heart-breaking sobs barnes did not come home to lunch that day but at half-past six in the evening he appeared with a look half of fear half of expectation in his eyes for in spite of the mountebank bravado which he exhibited before her the man was afraid of her she did not speak on his arrival but laid his evening meal before him without a word nice loving welcome anyhow said barnes presently aren't you going to have any dinner i'm not hungry what's the matter he snarled that's your pride i suppose and there was a sneer in her voice what do you mean you know what i mean you went to my father last night and told him about the rent and the bills that had not been paid has he been here asked barnes eagerly what did he say she took the receipted accounts from the envelope and flung them before him. There, she said, and there was infinite scorn in her voice. Barnes looked at them eagerly and noted that the bills were receipted. That's something, anyhow, he muttered in tones of satisfaction. But is that all, Peg? Didn't he give you anything else? Tell me all about it. What did he say? He said enough to make me ashamed. Oh, what's the use of talking like that? We can't live on air. But surely this is not all. He gave you some money, didn't he? I told him I would not have any, replied Peg. I didn't know he'd paid these things until he'd gone. I never felt so humiliated in my life. Do you mean to say he offered you money and you wouldn't take it? Why, you bloomin' idiot! Can't you see that caught his wife's eyes as he spoke and in spite of his anger the sentence hung on his lips unfinished after all what's this he went on presently the next week's rent will be due on saturday and then what are we going to do if instead of paying these things he'd given you the money it would have been something like i could have held a part of these bills over for a few weeks and we should have had something to go on with you mean that you would not have paid your debts you can bet your shoes i wouldn't have paid them until i was obliged but did he come alone no my mother came with him and you didn't ask them for any money certainly not well of all the blithering fools why you might easily have got a twenty-pound note out of them but for your infernal pride did they say anything about your going home? Yes. What? They wanted to take me back with them. 
and you wouldn't go? No. Well, of all the... Barnes's indignation and wonder seemed to be so great that he could not finish the sentence. Why didn't you go? Because I didn't want to. Did they say anything about me? Not much. But they said something. What was it? They said they would have me, but they would not have you. And what was your reply? I told them that if you were not good enough to be received, then I wasn't. Barnes was silent a few seconds. Even he understood something of what was in the girl's mind. Do you think they will ever relent, Peg? He asked presently. No, they never will. A nice Christian he is sneered barnes a nice forgiving christian gentleman isn't he he'll not have his own son-in-law in his house dirty pride he's no gentleman peg he may be a general and all that kind of thing but he's no gentleman my girl the girl's anger was aroused in spite of herself of course you would say that she remarked why shouldn't i say it it's true isn't it no it's not true then what do you mean by talking like that because you don't know what a gentleman is she was angry with herself as she spoke she felt that she was becoming more and more common the longer she lived with this man felt that she was sinking to his level and yet she could not help herself look here none of that cried barnes starting to his feet i'm not going to be insulted very well then you shouldn't ask me questions yes hit me if you like but you dare not you're afraid he flung himself into his chair again and went on with his dinner did they tell you that your brother trev was home yes he's on leave i suppose yes he brought home his fiancee oh i see some swell dame i suppose of course she could come home but i'm not good enough who is she her name is penryn she comes of an old cornish family old cornish family eh no wonder the country is turning bolshevist i shall turn bolshevik myself soon it would do me good to see some of these proud stomached aristocrats thrown into the streets peg did not reply for some time after this there was a silence barnes was evidently thinking deeply i'm going out he said at length the girl did not speak you don't ask me where i'm going but i'll tell you i'm going to get a little pleasure a little comfort fat lot of comfort i get in my own home with a wife who won't be reasonable still peggy kept silence have you nothing to say i was only wondering where i should go when you had gone oh you can go where you like i don't care a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness rushed over her and in spite of all she could do she burst into a flood of sobbing what's the use of that asked barnes if you were reasonable we might get on even yet reasonable what do you mean 
well we're in a hole while rents are as they are we can't live in this way there must be a change if we are to stay together there are only two courses open to us yes what are they one is that you'll get your old man to help us oh jim she cried i can't i simply can't think of the way i left them think of the promises you made me and then ask yourself how i can go back to them and-and no i can't do it i really can't i'll do anything in reason let's get out of london let's go into the country somewhere and take a little cottage i'll work like a slave i'll do anything but don't ask me to accept charity in in that way catch me leaving london cried barnes catch jim barnes getting away from everything that makes life worth living besides you talk like a fool how can i get anything to do in the country what is the other thing you have in your mind asked the girl why if you'd consent to go to camden town and live with mother we could save practically all our rent that would make two pounds a week difference to us we could just manage then but but could we have our own rooms need we live with the family i dare say that could be managed replied barnes quickly he saw signs of yielding in peggy's face and was pleased accordingly but you must put on no airs you know and you'll have to help mother with the work i don't mind work i don't mind anything cried the girl but i do want to maintain my self-respect well there's some sense in that said barnes somewhat mollified and i'll go up and talk with mother right away but you are an awful fool peg your father could give you three or four pounds a week without knowing it was gone and we could be as happy as turtle doves a week later peg found herself installed at fifteen primrose terrace camden town it had cost her a good deal to consent but consented she had and for a few days after she had taken up her abode there she felt happier she did her best to be agreeable to barnes's two sisters edith and emily while even mrs barnes was mollified at her evident endeavour to be pleasant yes said mrs barnes to a neighbour to whom she had given a glowing account of peggy's advent my son has brought his wife home and as you may say mrs simpkins she has brought a new interest to my life she is a dear little thing and of course a perfect lady i ear her father is a general said mrs simpkins yes said mrs barnes and will soon be made a baronet or perhaps a lord of course it's a very high family oh it was a perfect love match mrs simpkins well i hope it will turn out all right remarked mrs simpkins with a sniff i hope so i'm sure replied mrs barnes and of course she fair worships the ground jim stands on well i don't think much of these fine matches after all she can't be much of a wife to him i'll warrant she's never done a day's work in her life and doesn't know how to cook a dinner of course no lady would was mrs barnes reply 
then what good is she as a wife what's the use of marrying into a high family if you get no benefit from it now if the general was to allow her say four pound a week there'd be something in it but there i suppose he was not agreeable to the match my dear mrs simpkins it's all the other way he was delighted with our jim then why didn't they go to Hampstead to live asked mrs simpkins you say the general lives in a big house why shouldn't they lodge there instead of with you ah oh, my dear and mrs barnes gave a knowing smile you don't know our jim he's a regular barnes he is proud as lucifer jim says the general to him you come and live with me my house is open to you but jim wouldn't no general he says i've got me pride i have and i'll not accept charity from any one that's why he wouldn't take an allowance but of course emily and edith will go up to amstead sometimes and very likely lady trelawney will come to see me i shall believe that when i see it sniffed mrs simpkins what you don't believe me cried mrs barnes indignantly didn't you see the general and his son come here the very day they was married oh yes i know it was a runaway marriage and no doubt the trelawneys were a bit angry at the time but that was before they knew my jim what the general said to me that morning was this what's done can't be undone mrs barnes and i hope the two families will be friendly he says you'll see mrs Simpkins. you'll see in spite of this and similar conversations however mrs barnes was greatly chagrined at peggy's insistent refusals to appeal to her parents for help what i say is this she said to her one night if you love jim as you ought to you'll do everything you can for him that's what i say what's the use of having silly pride like that it isn't as though your parents couldn't afford it jim told me before we were married that he had no need of my father's help was her reply oh that's all my eye young people talk like that without thinking and i'll tell you this jim won't stand it forever you know i'll admit you're not a bad-looking girl but good looks don't last long and you're not as pretty as you were when jim knew you first peggy realized this with a sense of bitterness realized too that her clothes were becoming shabby and that she saw no means of buying new ones of course went on mrs barnes we were all pleased when jim told us about you at first but we naturally thought that your father when he came home would be sensible it isn't as though jim were a common young man he might have married well he might and when he threw up agnes parks for you i gave him a piece of my mind gave up agnes parks for me what do you mean oh didn't you know and mrs barnes laughed meaningly did you think you were the first girl that jim ever kissed why he's had dozens of them my dear and agnes parks was a good chance too she has a nice little millinery business of her own and makes good money what i says is it's very hard for a young man to give up a girl with money and to marry somebody who hasn't got a penny and who is too proud to get it i'm not too proud 
replied peggy i have tried to get work mrs barnes laughed sneeringly tried to get work yes but what good are you it's all very well to say you went to munitions and made good money before the war was over that's no good now you know you're not fit for nothing and that's why i say jim was a fool to marry you if you'd any sense it would be a different thing besides why hasn't your mother come to see you like any decent mother ought because i've not told them where i am replied peggy and because i would not have her here and why not asked mrs barnes indignantly we're married into each other's families and there ought to be a friendship between us if she was anything like a lady she'd invite me and the girls to come and see her and the general would drop in here of a night and smoke a pipe that's what i should like to see i told him so straight i said to him general i said you ought to set them up in a nice little home i said and give them a thousand pounds as a nest egg and then let there be friendship between the two families that's what i said to him straight now then run away and lay the dinner-table i'm not going to do the work of the house while you sit here doing nothing what this kind of thing cost peggy can be better understood than described ever since the first day she came to the house mrs barnes had insisted on her doing the work of a servant this the girl had done eagerly almost gladly anything was better than sitting brooding over the past and wondering what the future would bring forth much as she hated her associations with mrs barnes this was not the heaviest burden she had to bear it was when barnes's two sisters came home at night and she had to listen to their taunts that her life became almost unbearable for although the first few days they treated her almost with kindness their attitude presently changed the girl could not help being proud and somewhat reserved and the mrs barnes instinctively felt that peggy regarded them as her inferiors it was this that antagonized them of course they said to her you stay here all day and do nothing while we earn our living we've not got any aristocratic friends but let me tell you this madam the name of barnes is just as good as that of trelawney and if either of us married we wouldn't be a drag on our husbands and you need not sniff at the young men we bring home either they were jim's friends before you knew him and are quite as good as you are as for barnes he did not spend many of his evenings at home in the main he went out alone leaving his young wife to do the best she could aren't you ever going to spend an evening at home jim she said to him one night i'll go with you to the movies if you like oh you've come to that have you laughed barnes time was when you declared you would not go to such common places i'll go anywhere for a little change was her reply we might go to the movies and even to the theatres if you'd be sensible he retorted but where am i to get money from for amusements no madam when your dirty pride has come down a bit and when your father comes off his high horse i may be able to give you some pleasure but not till then as for me i'm going to get comfort where i can after she had been at camden town a few weeks she wrote to her sister 
begging her to come and see her she was utterly miserable and depressed and longed for society other than that of the barnes family she had not heard from eleanor for a long time and she had not the heart to go and see her but now she could bear it no longer and although the barnes girls had hinted to her that her sister was obliged to leave st hildebrand's mansions she wrote to her there and was more than delighted when she got a letter saying that her sister would come to her on the following sunday afternoon may eleanor come to see us cried barnes when she informed him of her letter of course she may mayn't she mother i suppose so was mrs barnes reply but she must take us as we are however i expect that will be all right seeing as how she works for her living the same as other people and i've never been the one to keep up ill feeling between the two families during the next two days mrs barnes was more than ordinarily gracious to peggy and even went so far as to make special purchases at a local confectioner's in honour of eleanor's coming winter was now upon them and the days were cold and drear and if there was one spot more depressing than another in the whole of camden town it was primrose terrace a cold grey mist wrapped the whole neighbourhood like a mantle and mrs barnes complained that the gas piggy used in her room would drive her to the poorhouse on the sunday afternoon when eleanor was expected peggy sat in her bedroom alone she had drawn the chair to the window and was watching every passer-by with eagerness the thought of her sister coming to see her was like a ray of sunshine on a dark day never had she realized how dear her own flesh and blood were to her at length she saw her coming down the street and then with an eagerness of which she did not believe herself capable she rushed downstairs and ran towards the door oh eleanor she cried i am glad you've come this way quick let us get upstairs before they see us End of chapter 27